Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beers, a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. Vince, I know you and I are both alive and well, but what if we weren't? Well, I think then we'd be dead and dead. Oh my god! We would! (laughs) Dead! Dad. Yes, we are taking a trip to the afterlife, uh, if there is one. The afterlife, and it's been a while since we've been to this region, but the Pacific Northwest as well. That's right. I think the last time we talked about that was uh, Ride or Die, but this is only our second Oregon beer that we've done on the show. Oh, God. You remember the one we've done, Cascade Brewing. So good. This is nothing like that beer. Uh, Well, it is a little bit in that it's barrel-aged. Oh, I guess that's true. Otherwise, yes. No, very different. Yeah, this is quite a different beer. Vince, why don't you tell us a little bit about this particular beer? Yeah, so coming from Rogales up in Newport, Oregon, what we are drinking is a Maybach. It's going to clock in at a hefty 9.5% here. And it's aged in the Dead Guy Whiskey Barrels. Rogue Ales not only does beer, they also do whiskey. And their flagship beer is literally called the Dead Guy Ale. The Dead Guy I Ale. I just love so much. Uh, Dead and Dead is the evolution of Dead Guy Ale. Barrels enhance the robust malt and hot profiles of that original ale. And the ale soaks in hints of oak and whiskey. And then it matures over several months at the Rogue Ocean Aging Room. So... Pretty unique. I have heard of barrel-aged stouts. I have heard of barrel-aged sours. I have not heard of a barrel-aged Maybach. I've, I've not heard of a Maybach, truthfully, before oh, this episode. Oh, wow. But, okay. You wow. know, we, we're learning a lot here. Well, so. hold on, because we have learned. This is familiar, right? We've yeah. seen Bach, and we've seen, what, the uh, Doppelbach? Yeah. It's all German. Yeah. This it's is, all German. It's all German. My for yeah. May. This is this is a beer. A Maybach is a beer that kind of makes its appearance in Bavaria. It's got a very short spring, and this is the beer that they choose. I think when we open this, what we're going to see is at 9.5 is very heavy for those. Yeah. Usually somewhere around 5 and 6, but it's usually somewhere between like a lighter color and more of an amber. Uh, if you're thinking what kind of beer would they be drinking in the movie Beer Fest, I would say a Maybach is probably pretty close. Maybe they're going a little more lager. Which is interesting because I feel like if you actually tried to drink how they did in Beer Fest, you would be dead. So Yes, that is that is true. <laughs> um, let me give you a quick history lesson. Um, sort of an unlikely beginning, this company was founded by three Nike executives in 1988. What? Uh, Jack Joyce... Rob Strasser and Bob Waddell, who were uh, frat bros at the University of Oregon. And that does check out. Yeah, that the Nike Oregon stuff does check out. But it's just odd to hear that Nike execs left Nike to start a beer company. You don't hear about that too often. Yeah. And they, they started operations in 1988 in Ashland, Oregon. Where they started, uh, their first beers were American Amber Ale, uh, Oregon Golden Ale, and Shakespeare Stout. Oh, to be or not to be? That is the question. But they have since transformed this into a thriving operation 
that is now open in 11 locations across Oregon, Washington, and California. Uh, fun fact, they also host an annual surfing event called the Longboard Classic. Weird that they don't have some sort of death in that. I guess that would be bad luck. Yeah. But. Um, and this is still a family-owned business. Uh, Jack Joyce's son, Brett, well, actually, he had stepped down from it, and he was replaced by someone named Dharma Tam. But it's, Oh, so it's not family-run, but family-owned. Family-owned, yeah. Family-run, okay. no longer the case. And Vince, you found out some interesting stuff about their proprietary yeast. Oh, yeah. It's called the Pac-Man yeast. I yeah. wasn't able to find too much about it outside of the fact that it's proprietary. It's theirs. They have yeah. found it. They have taken the action to make sure that it remains theirs. And last I checked, only recently have homebrewers been able to get... I th- I actually got sucked in. There's like a yeah. whole... like homebrewing distribution center for yeast and homebrewers are clamoring for certain yeasts and not for others but uh yeah it's pretty unique to have that which is cool i think it's fitting that their name is rogue and they seem to have gone rogue on a number of different things when it comes to making beer and (laughs) well well, they certainly they certainly went rogue at some point when it came to uh, their employees. Yeah, they they've had a couple of uh, employee scuffles that were in the news. We'll call them dust ups. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was a <laughs> there was a group in 2011 who attempted to unionize, which didn't go well. They were accused at the time of union busting tactics, uh, and they've been questioned for their salary standards. There's been talk about cheapskate management tactics. Uh, Rogue reportedly refused to let brewers have an assistant, and some brewers were forced to carry heavy loads and spend their own money to work within the company's dollar-per-keg budget limits for what it's worth. Rogue says these are people with an axe to grind, Um, and I'm fine believing that for now. I'm just here to try the beer. Yeah, and I think the last thing we'll say about this, um, even though it's based on the coast of Oregon. Rogue products are available in all 50 states and in more than 50 countries, which is kind of a staggering amount of scale. I don't think we've seen scale like that since maybe Brooklyn, right? Brooklyn Brewing? Brooklyn Brewing. uh, And that was like their mission. Yeah, and that also, that's in Brooklyn, which is the biggest city in the U.S., Newport, not the biggest city in the U.S. Honestly, I didn't even know there was a Newport, Oregon. I thought it was Rhode Island specific. Yeah. But should we crack? I think we should crack. Um, this is going to be. I think this is going to be a very interesting beer for us to try. Yeah, so. nine point five percent. Cheers. Cheers. Dead. Dead. It smells dead. <laughs> I guess it kind of does. That's good. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. That is wow. That is very. That's juicy. That almost. aftertaste is really surprising. It's sweet. Yeah, it's kind of fruity. It reminds me of like a port. You ever had a port wine before? Yeah. Yeah, it's similar to that. But I was, just full disclosure, we've done a lot of stouts on, on our show, and I was expecting that to be a real bitter, dark, like sit in your palate, and totally takes a, a hard left turn at the end there. You know what this reminds me of, actually? Just not to go into specifics, uh pop culturally but do you remember 
the amber ale that we had from Milwaukee. Was it Milwaukee yeah. Brewing Co.? What was the name of that one? It was, uh, wasn't it the one with the guy who died? Uh, yeah, Louis yeah, Demise. Yeah. Louis Demise. It reminds me a lot <laughs> of Louis. It's like Louis Demise on a loudspeaker, right? It really hit. This is delicious. I think this is way, I think the flavor is way more enhanced than Louis Demise. Yes, it's it's yeah. literally like, it's, it's like somebody took Louis and turned it all the way up. Yeah. I, this is fascinating because I've never had anything that I've like so immediately been like, yeah, that smells like a sarcophagus. <laughs> like there is a mummy inside of this can it for sure. It smells like death and then it tastes like life. Yeah, it tastes wonderful. I also would like to know that they say gratefully dedicated to barrels of fun. So gratefully dead, perhaps there's some Grateful Dead in here. Yeah. Where are the Grateful Dead from? They're from uh, San Francisco. Oh, okay. So, eh, West Coast, but... Yeah. What are some some things that you have just, like, seen that were good, that were turned up to a hundred? Somebody took something and just amplified the crap out of it, culturally. Oh. Um, Well, I think just a quick one is Taika Waititi making uh, Thor funny. Yeah. Making him hilarious, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a turn. Um, that was a hard turn and pivot for the character. Not in a good way, but I would say Michael Bay cranks things up to 11 or 12 almost every that's time. That's true. He does you know what something. I'd love to see is a romantic comedy by Michael Bay. <laughs> I'd love to How see How many that. explosions can he fit into a rom-com? Well, there's no need for real explosions because the romance is exploding. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, another one I would say, too, is uh, Prince was amazing about covering songs and like putting his own twist on that oh okay go a little music this is actually a great segue into something i wanted to discuss do it um so my friends and i right around the time prince passed away we became sort of obsessed with recently deceased musicians (laughs) and uh for a couple of years we anytime someone passed away we, we started listening to like their whole catalog and it, it turned into this running joke where we would say, oh, add them to the playlist. Oh, my and God. And now we literally have a playlist that's called Dead with the exclamation point. Um, <laughs> and anytime someone passes away, we uh, we put them on the playlist, literally. So, that's a good way to, to remember. And I know somebody. it sounds a little bit morbid. and It's, it's a little bit, you know, um, <laughs> unusual. But uh, it's a lot of fun. And I cannot tell you how many times... Someone passes away in the music industry, and I get a text. Are we adding them to the playlist? Yeah. So I'm acutely aware of at least deceased musicians, but um, I would say in general, death plays a fascinating role in popular culture, I think. Okay. Talk more. Talk more about that? (laughs) Well, unless there's no more to say. No, I mean, I think that it seems like we're in general very fascinated with, like, what happens when you die or you know if something happens after you die or just just the idea of like approaching death like not a good example but the bucket list is literally a movie addressing <laughs> um people who are Last trying to vegas <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying to do <laughs> stuff before they die yeah um more recently um i don't know if you guys watch barry but mm. um there was a pretty uh startling analysis of like what what people assume happens 
when you might die. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What is, what is your experience been like with that? Well, so I, I, I think that when you think about it, nobody actually knows. One of the things that yeah. I find interesting about uh, death from a cultural perspective is how the second somebody dies, anything negative that they've done washed away yeah it's over you're not allowed to talk about it it's it doesn't matter like when um oh god did roman polanski die yet no yeah um, when that guy dies yeah we're not going to hear anything about any of the nasty stuff he did when army hammer dies we're not going to hear anything about him yeah you, know, you have to be truly reprehensible for that to not go away but like for some reason we only want to remember the good about the dead I also, on a more positive note, think that our fascination with the afterlife has produced some very, very interesting, um, yeah, you know, I guess, art. We should talk about that, and we should try this beer out of the glass, because I'm, yeah, I'm fascinated see it looks to like. see. I bet you it's going to be real... That's beautiful amber. Oh, yeah. I thought that was going to be, like, darker, but it is, it's a nice color of darkness. Yeah. Um, famous afterlife depictions. What are we talking about? Are we talking about... I think we should expand it. It's not just like the fascination with the afterlife, but yeah. it's also the concept of holding on and the people who decide where you go, right? Meet Joe Black, Brad yeah. Pitt, Anthony Hopkins. Hey, I'm coming for you, but I want to live in your world I need for a little, a little more longer. Time, yeah. So I'm going to let you live. Like That's interesting. The Grim Reaper... It plays a huge role in Family Guy, all of these, you know, yeah, cartoons. Well, I think the most famous one is The Sixth Sense, right? Yep. Guy who thinks he's alive. Any ghost, out. any ghost film yeah. is all there. I saw a very interesting one. Um, Jason Siegel and I believe, no, Olivia Wilde was The Lazarus Project. Didn't see that. That's kind of a nightmare. Um, yeah. That's a bunch of people who are in lighthearted comedies. Duplass, Mark Duplass is in it, and yeah. basically he like he's working on a way to bring people back from the dead, and he succeeds in bringing his suddenly dead yeah. girlfriend or wife or fiance back, and she's just totally different. But there's a very interesting one that's slow, and it's Jason Siegel, and I can't remember who else, but they figure out how to um how to bring you bring you back to life with all your memories like intact of what what it was so they yeah. allow you essentially to like go and describe what happened the whole deal and that was a really i remember thinking i don't even care if this is going to be a good movie like that's just such an interesting concept to me like you being on an island and the question is like did you really do that yeah. always but like just having that ability to bring somebody back from the breach and them also because that's another common thing i just saw the one with uh the romantic comedy with reese witherspoon and um mark ruffalo almost heaven right i haven't seen that one either well she's in a coma she's kind of in this in between and when she comes back and wakes up out of the coma she doesn't remember anything Right, which is yeah. like a go-to, a common trope. So I was really interested in this. I can't remember what it was called, but this Seagull property because they brought you back, but you remembered everything. What about Beetlejuice? I mean, that's interesting. Pretty directly about 
uh, what happens when you die. You want to talk about things that were <laughs> absolutely blown out. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Bob went nuts. Yeah, and that launched Michael Keaton's career, and it sent him on a path of doing a lot of dark things that were pretty popular. You know, at the time, his Batman take was like, one of the darkest things that had been made in the superhero genre. Yeah. It seems weird now in hindsight, but someone had to be first, you know? I really can't get over, and I'm going to shift gears here, because though I love death and we all love death, and on the can you're looking at this, and it literally looks like a trinket that um, a voodoo individual would yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know? Go for the pivot. Yeah. I'm going to pivot because I can't stop thinking about how this beer has just been so amplified i mean this is like it is screaming in my mouth every single time i have a sip i think well maybe that was just the first sip and i'm shocked it is just like an electric atmosphere in my mouth and there is nothing that i can compare that to culturally outside of playoff sports playoff basketball (laughs) playoff basketball all right. See a playoff game in the in the palace in Auburn Hills. R.I.P. Now we do it at the oven, but they had flames going. You had a packed house. Everybody's on top of each other. There's yeah. noise. They had those thunder sticks thunder going sticks. on. I'm sure you had it for the Bulls, for maybe yeah. even for the the Blackhawks. I had, I haven't seen playoff hockey yet. I'm sure it's a riot. I've but seen, even playoff baseball, yeah. the Tigers. That I mean that it's just it's a different level. And it's building there all year. And you're kind of wondering, like, well, I've been to a game. No, you have not been to a game until you've been to a playoff game. And I understand that those are tough to get to and they're expensive. But I'm sure this beer is not cheap. No, this was not cheap. And I'm glad you got on this because I have a ton of different memories that pop up. Uh, The first one being uh, the most recent White Sox playoff game that I went to last year. It was a Sunday night. It was a blackout game, and we played the Astros. It was the only game in the series we ended up winning, but that felt like a raucous SEC football crowd, which is not typically what happens at a, a White Sox game. No. And every pitch, every at-bat. Everything matters. It's everything elevated. mattered. And every time something happened, like, you know, 30,000 people erupted into raucous applause. That's just not baseball. Now, conversely... Playoff hockey, I think, is the most stressful and rewarding experience as a sports fan. Because if you're watching hockey, you know, there could be a a goal any second. And it could happen in a split second. Sure. And when it does happen, it's thrilling. And when things go against your team, it's very deflating. Particularly overtime playoff hockey. That is just like on the edge of your seat entertainment because it's sudden death and, you know... And there we have it. Right. Death. Right there. Right, right there. back. I mean, yeah. this is like, it's everything. Why is something on another level? Something's on another level because it could be the last. Right. Now, not the last ever, but could be the last the of this season. stakes couldn't be higher in that. They couldn't be when you're talking about that. And I don't think right. that the stakes are high with us drinking this, but I also think that it is just, it's so amplified. It's huge. It's huge flavor. Well, yeah. I, to your point, we've had beers that are like it. But not many that are this bold. Like there's, they just like, they grab you and they just seize your attention. Yeah. And even though this is a nine and a half percent, you know, Maybach, 
I find it very crushable, honestly. Yes, which is it's shocking. Dangerously crushable. Yeah, and I, the you flavor. Be careful, yeah. I mean, I, this is the first time I've experienced. I, so they did this in a whiskey, uh, a whiskey cask or a yeah. whiskey barrel. They also, I, I don't know if you mentioned this yet. I don't think you did, but they employ a full-time cooper. Somebody makes that, yeah. a barrel a day. That's what he does. That's his or her entire job. God, that's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. That used to be like a career. Yeah. I mean, it's a dead career now, but. Well, I'm also, now I'm just thinking about this. Uh, a, nightmare, a Nightmare Before Christmas is kind of a good analogy for this because oh. that took the traditional Christmas story, flipped it on its head with probably the antithesis holiday-wise, mm-hmm. and made this like electrifying and sweet story that is beloved to this day. I mean, Jack Skeleton, you think about him twice a year, which is kind of unique. Yeah, that's fair. So what's interesting to me is you keep coming back to this like flipped on its head type thing. And this doesn't feel flipped to me. This feels like they took a Maybach and were just like summer of 98. That's what, that's another one. Summer of 98. They pumped it full of steroids and said, go hit 70 bombs. <laughs> Why not? Oh, I was wondering what you're referencing. So baseball. Yeah. yeah what, what else happened in the summer of 98? Care to share, uh, Tom? I'm Hanson. <laughs> Hanson. Hanson. Yeah. It, sure, it also, yeah. you know what? You could also make the argument that this, this plays with some of those more fringe uh, music styles. Anything like an electronic dj set at a festival the entire purpose of it is to continually pump you up pump you up get the most out of that moment for you same thing with uh, i'm sure like some of the metal with some mosh pits am i am i doing that right am i talking Um, correctly no i mean i think you're you're on the right track i would say this is similar to the evolution of punk rock from you know like your classic Ramones and the Pistols to um, what eventually became pop punk, which Mm. uh, is not necessarily harder, but it's more amplified, it's more mainstream, and it's more prevalent, right? Maybe maybe then going into specifics, because I can already hear Ryan Mack and Derek Moore absolutely shredding me on a group chat coming up, but... Rather than go to a specific genre, it it's like going to a live concert, not and not a live concert in a huge stadium, but in an intimate venue that's been built and has been packed out. Something like the Riviera would be good. Yeah. Even the UIC Pavilion, uh, the Metro. Talking about yeah. Chicago, like these small areas that are they they keep all the sound in, and you've got these bands who are not necessarily big enough to play the stadium so they're really playing their hearts out yeah yeah i think you're onto something but the bottom line is this um, is an electric beer this beer it it gives me energy yeah i feel more energized which is ironic because it's dead and dead yeah i I feel alive (laughs) i don't feel like i'm on my deathbed but i guess if like if I was to have this as my last beer, it would be a pretty good one to end on. It sure would. Yeah. I'm ready to give this a ranking, Tom. Yeah, let's hear it. I, When I opened this beer, I did not think I was going to go this high, but I'm going 4.5 out of 5 Vinces. This is well done. 
I I think I'm going to take it a step further. I think I'm going to give this a 4.75. Wow. I love it. <laughs> that I did not I did not expect that, Tom. Yeah. I well, I wasn't expecting that either. I you know, I don't try to like prejudge the beers, but I was like, boy, this is going to be a heavy one. I I literally had never even heard of this until I saw it at, you know, uh, the the liquor store, but wow, what a fantastic beer. I, I love a great time. I'm glad that we Decided to add this to the list. Great pickup. This was a this was a Tom special right here. It was. And if you would like to follow the the dead playlist on Spotify, it it is out there and it's an ongoing list. But if you're gonna follow the dead playlist on Spotify, you should at least follow us on our social platforms first. Yeah, great. And also our show on Spotify. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> please follow us there before anything. Follow us, then follow the Dead Playlist, then follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Rate, review, interact. We'd love to hear from people. Uh, Vince and I are, are not going anywhere. We're going to be in this realm for as long as we can. And you know, whenever we do pass on, I like to think that our show will live on forever. Yeah, with the cloud, it sure will. Yeah, but until then, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers. We have clear eyes, full cans, must booze. Rest in peace. peace.